around the world. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very, very special episode of Around the World. We are back based in Los Angeles. That's right. We move coast to coast. We're here. We got brand new guests, brand new material. It's going to be absolutely electric. I'm drinking on this podcast because this is this is a great day. This is a great day for us. We're growing in the right direction. We've been talking about this for months. Now we're finally here. Uh, I am joined by not Jenna Wood today, not Mary Murphy today. I'm rolling solo, but it's okay because we're going to get into a, a little one-on-one with my guests today, it's gonna to get a little. It's gonna get a little intimate. We're gonna learn some things about my my guest, who is very accomplished in her own right. My guest today is a multifaceted artist. She's a ghostwriter, a singer in the Winch Family Band. Shout out the Winch Family Band, uh, and the host of the Thoughtful Intentions podcast, available on Apple Music and Spotify and anywhere else. Or does it even matter? Does anybody hopefully listen? Hopefully, we're hopefully we're. Hopefully, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Hopefully, wherever podcasts are consumed by your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, Fiona Winch. Fiona, how are you this morning? I'm great. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is like the first time I've been on the other side of things. Really? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So actually, to, uh, to let you all know, I went on Thoughtful Intentions earlier this week. Check that out. And we're doing a, we're doing a crossover, so we're going to be coming on each other's podcast. Obviously, Fiona's now here on Around the World. Uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit, learn about her process as an artist, learn about her journey. Uh, kind of, we, went to, we went to school together at Penn State, and now we are both on different paths, and we just want to explore how we got here today. Um, all right, well, let's... Let's uh let's do this. I'm fucking I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, so I mean, first things first, uh you know, you kinda asked me this when I came on, on Tuesday, but how about just like a little general background, where you come from, how you've kind of yeah. gotten to this point. Well, we'll get into how you've gotten what's to going this on? point, but yeah, yeah just yeah, what's yeah. happening with you. Um, so I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside the DC on the Maryland side. Shout, Shout out, out DMV. <laughs> um, went to Penn State, finished in 2018. Um, I now live in New York. I'm in Brooklyn, and I've been here since graduating, basically. And currently, I am a ghostwriter, as you mentioned. So that's been an interesting turn of events, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> Well, I kind of almost want to just dive right in now because you caught me off guard with that. I didn't really, I didn't realize that uh, you were a ghostwriter until I asked you about your bio moments ago. Um, Can we, to be honest with you, like I had questions prepared, but I don't even know really where to begin with that. Like, are you, are you a ghostwriter in the, the only ghostwriting I know would be like, that I associate with would be like in the music industry. Is that, am I correct yeah, totally. So this is um, this was also a completely foreign concept to me before I started doing it. But basically, last year, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was in New York, living in a railroad apartment, and I quickly went home because there was no way that I was gonna. Basically, if you haven't seen a railroad apartment, it basically means that there are no hallways. So it's like oh, room, okay. room, room, room. So my gotcha. roommates and I like walked through each other's bedrooms to get to our own. 
Whoa. Yeah. So like not super conducive for like pandemic living. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So I went home. Um, but that also meant that I, you know, lost my job, which the office was closing anyway. And yeah. I had no idea what to do. And yeah. do you remember Siobhan Breyer by chance? She was in, actually, you probably don't. She was in my class, but um, she kind of focused more on writing. Like she was also an English major. I, okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, so anyway, she called think. me up. Yeah, maybe not. Anyway. She, she called me up April of last year. And she was like, hey, my boyfriend and I are starting this ghostwriting company. Like, do you want to ghostwrite? And at first she had like clients that, <laughs> do you know any like of the romantic novels in Wegmans that like you can picture like, <laughs> no, like you can picture like old white women buying them at the checkout. For sure. Like Fabio. Like, sure. Like, like that was the first like classic. Yeah. yeah like, well, like that was like the first recommendation. Like, so she had me write, um, <laughs> a chapter for a western romance novel <laughs> yeah literally it's so weird because they just give you basically I've said basically like 5,000 times I'm so sorry they give you <laughs> where they want the chapter to go but like you have to make it all and you up. can just fill in the blanks yeah yeah it's kind of like a really like fancy mad libs sort of thing um that's so, so wild yeah it's that's, so, that's so dope are you having like a blast yeah, with that well no so I didn't end up I didn't stick with the novels like I'm not sure if they just didn't use those clients as much but right since then I've been ghostwriting for different online publications so if you've heard of like better help or regain us or like better help yeah I'm yeah. I'm on better BetterHelp's yeah. awesome, by the way. Like, don't, like no sponsorship or anything, because we small, but we better be big. But BetterHelp's oh, great. Check it out. I I write for them, which is that's crazy. fucking awesome. No shit. Um, and a beauty blog I write for. Um, and it is kind of wild. Like, it kind of scares me too that I could write something and then someone else just puts their stamp on it, and then it's like you can Gone. read it on the internet and not know that like a 25 year old chick in Brooklyn wrote it. <laughs> well now, well, yeah. Cause it's kind of got me thinking now, like, you know, who knows wrote, who wrote what anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's kind of sketchy. So wild. The yeah, whole thing is. novel, like, like writing for like a novel like that. Like, did you ever find like the temptation? I know personally that I would immediately like have tempt, like have the temptation to just take things in a completely heinous direction and then try it to was, loop them back no it was like, kind of like heinous to begin with like it was <laughs> it was I uh, seriously it was like this western novel and I had to from what I remember I the main character like in the scene in the chapter was this mail order bride and yeah. I had to get her just from point a to point b but there was some there had to be some kind of drama with like Oh God, I just remember writing her to be on this wagon that got hijacked by like, you know, give me your yeah, money. Yeah. Some desperados. Oh my God. Um, it was crazy. It was so bizarre, but it was fun. I had fun with it. Oh man. If I would have known that. All right. We're going to have to have you come back on next time. And then next time we do this, I just want to write like a I'll, chapter you know of a I'll, romance novel on the podcast like we yeah. would come back and do that with me please that I would just be so funny to... you're gonna make me like want to pull up 
what I did write too. I'll try to find that eventually. Yeah, please do. So, Are you kidding me? I would love so to. Funny. I would love to hear some of this stuff. Like, I feel like if it, if it was my romance, or if I had to like fill in in a Western romance novel, like, I don't know why. I don't know why I would like, I would just try to sneak in the most heinous thing, like aliens or like, or like, you know what I mean? Like just like yeah. real quick, real quick. So maybe they'd gloss over it and it just get printed in. That's yeah, actually a sweet job. Are you, are you loving that so far? Or? I, I have learned so much by doing it. Um, a lot it sounds super technical, but like about search engine optimization and just things like that, that I didn't know for about sure, before, for sure. but it's been a really good blessing in disguise because kind of before the pandemic I knew that I wanted to pivot into something different you know I was auditioning in the city and working like three jobs but low-key wasn't even really auditioning because of how hard it was to get into rooms Um, so just spending most of my time like catering and nannying and like temping and like what am I doing you know yeah for sure Um, so I knew I wanted to pivot into something that I could spend my day-to-day doing and actually enjoy it and like yeah. not worry about finding something else every three months, you know? Right. Um, because that I thought would give me the sort of security, both like financially and just like otherwise to then be creative. Cause right. it's so hard to be creative when you're living on this like bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If <laughs> that's yeah. all Sure, Um, sure. Well, I, you know, I always, uh, I always kind of thought that was a testament. Like I, you know, I've been following you like since you graduated, uh, yeah, yeah, you graduated two years before me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a real testament to just like your professionalism and your hustle. Like, I feel like every year you're doing something different, but you're making the absolute most of it. And I kind of wanted to talk about like your journey through like all of these things to like how you've gotten here at this point like from graduating college because I feel like I feel like you're somebody that uh because like with our degree it's arguably like I don't know I think for a lot of people it can be scary leaving with a degree like that and then not Mm -hmm. like immediately getting into like the industry and then like trying to pivot and figure it out but it, it, it I since I've been like following you it seems like you can effortlessly like like, like, I don't know, you just have this effortless nature about you that seems to, uh, like, you can just make adapt. any kind of work out of nothing and adapt. Yeah, Well, exactly. that is very sweet of you to say. Thank you. Um, it does not feel effortless all the time. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. Um, you make it yeah. look that way, though. So oh, I, thank you. Um, I do my best. Now, the journey has been kind of rocky. I mean, when I graduated, I was the only person in my class to come here at first. Um, and I really had no, I didn't even know what an EPA was. I didn't know what an ECC was. I didn't know a lot of like the lingo for auditioning or even how it all worked. For those who Um, don't know, could you just. Yeah. Yeah. So an EPA is an equity principal audition and an ECC is an equity chorus call. And basically if you're going on auditions, whether it's for plays or musicals, anything like kind of theater related and it pays (laughs) and might provide benefits it would be like an equity audition. And at those, they prioritize seeing people who are in the union, who are equity, which makes sense. That's fair. Right. Um, but I was, was slash am non-equity. Um, so the only way around that is if you 
have an agent, you know, mm-hmm. which I also didn't have. Mm-hmm. So then what you have to do in that scenario is you have to go to the building that the audition will be at at six in the morning, write your name on a piece of list that's taped on a, a list that's taped outside the door and um, go home. I would go home at, and it wouldn't start till 10. And then you would stock this blog called Audition Update that people would anonymous, anonymously update what was going on at each audition that day. And then around lunchtime, they would usually post whether or not they thought they were going to see non-equity. But the audition would go from 10 to 6. So like, say I was nannying that day, because you know people also say you have to have a job where you're available during the day right. to like pop off and just like run to an audition if you need to for sure um but i would nanny so like sometimes you know you think you might get seen that day you're just like lugging around a bag of shit and then and then probably not getting seen anyway oh my Um, god and this was arguably before self-tapes were even as popular as they are now like i would do self-tapes for commercials and um i think that was pretty much it but now it's so much it's so different like you can do something like it right and i feel like especially after this past year like it's gonna it's gonna have to be the norm you know i mean i feel like they can see so many people and you know when you're in that room and you can probably attest more to the you know you've gone on more professional auditions than i have at this point so you could probably speak more to this but like it's probably i mean you know they look at you for like 20 30 seconds and then probably already have an idea right so it's well, like there's even cases where they will typecast when you're there so basically like they line up everyone yeah based on look they'll typecast you out so if you're typed out that means that they just lined you up and sent you home because you didn't match ruthless absolutely <laughs> it's ruthless. honestly Honestly, the hardest part was just losing time, you know, like I would yeah, have a day planned around it perhaps. And then right. you kind of, which is the hard part with working. And so that's why right. people like say restaurant jobs or like bartending, but then they don't account for the fact that like, you know, you're bartending at night. You could be bartending until 3 a.m. Like you're not going right? to, yeah, you're not going to yeah. get up at 6 a.m. and go sign up on a list. Like, man, you're going to be going sleeping. in your clothes from the night before to that 6 a.m. list. Yeah, like, like it's exhausting. It's oh tough. my God. Yeah. So, um, a lot of just like technicalities that I didn't really think through when I graduated. And then I remember having this like epiphany um, where I put two and two together. Because tell me if this was the case with you, but okay. for my class, I remember them always saying, you know, try for 10 years, do this for 10 years. Um, and then, and then I was thinking, oh my God, am I going to be catering for the next 10 years? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to, which is fine. Like yeah. to each their own. If that's like, if, if you like the flexibility, if you like, you know, being physical and like doing all that stuff it, it really works out but I just I didn't like my income being so dependent on events or like yeah. th- other things happening that I had no control over which right fine. I'm not like that much of a control freak but like I could go like two weeks without an event and then I'm fucked you know right right so. exactly it's like well, it was just a it was a learning curve to say the least when I was about to graduate they were always like the first year like is super, super difficult, super, super hard. You're going to learn yeah. a lot. 
the thing is like my first like I've been out of school for a year now and like mm-hmm. my first year out is kind of just starting now the yeah. pandemic's like wrapping up so like you know I don't like I don't but know it's so Every- much cooler that you've like had the chance to really kind of sit with yourself and decide what you want and like who you are because that's something yeah. that I don't even think I gave myself the opportunity to do right because of how quickly I just tried to jump into it um sure. so I'm kind of like doing more of that work now which you know as long as it gets done, well, it gets done. It, exactly well and also you know they kind of make you feel like like going back to the point of like do it for 10 years they also kind of yeah. make you feel like or at least leaving a program like that like I feel like just generally like no matter where you go to school it's it, there is that feeling of like all right like you you must hit the ground running because like yeah. everything that you do in school is you know all right guys like, we gotta hit the ground running like we got you know what I mean so like yeah um yeah the, you know well, you know what the big you know what the biggest problem with us was is they wouldn't they wouldn't critique us like at, at this point in the game like I'm mm-hmm. like I'm comfortable with saying that like there were clear differences like day to day on like who was prepared and who was not. And mm. those two people would get the exact same feedback and it was always positive. And that was right. what drove me nuts. I don't know if yeah. you have any experience with that or if you like wanted to comment at this point, like yeah. I just, you know, I'm, that was the thing that got to, they never were like, but they were never like, I mean, that feels like just such a disservice because once completely. you're out, like, you have to have such good time management skills and preparedness and just like have your ducks in a row because no one's going to like do it for you. For sure. Um, So yeah, I don't know that I experienced, (laughs) they were happy critiquing us. No, (laughs) I don't know if I experienced that (laughs) as much as like, um, just like they, I felt like they never wanted to tell me what they saw for me kind of thing like what they could see me playing what they could see me doing what they expected me to audition for and I would be like just tell me and they'd be like but the world is your oyster and I'm like but (laughs) you're telling me it's not at first like what do you think what do you think if I walked into a casting room what would you put me in not that it's you know just theoretically yeah that drove me crazy because I was like or even just getting cast in things in school that felt like I would get cast in them in real life. I never felt right. like I was cast in school in the way that I would be out here. Um, yeah. So that drove me nuts too. I was like, let me get good at the shit that they think I would do afterwards. Actually do well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Like I appreciate the range. I appreciate like the range and like not being pigeonholed, but like, I don't know. I, I needed the, that guidance in that time more than anything else. That's so interesting because I feel like they hammered our types that's so like yeah. they hammered our type and that's a two years difference you were 2018 i was 2020 but they would hammer our types to the point where like i mean there's there's a negative side to both you know there definitely is a negative side to both you but like at the end of the day it's going back to what you just said earlier it's like knowing who you are and yeah. then moving on from there like because mm-hmm. i feel like now i have more of an understanding of like who i am which informed my type my type mm. at school where like you know i mean i mean zach you didn't think i should play like a pastor from texas <laughs> i was just about to bring up the Laramie project you killed it though you murdered it <laughs> we listen we we uh for, I, I mean i i don't know man i was making weird choices that whole show we pulled yeah, it together so, though for context zach and i did the laramie project together 
um, where we all basically played like seven people with different accents. Um, and I, I, I was thinking about this actually before we did this, how every time I played, um, did that scene as the pastor, mm-hmm. you and Cole were sitting in like the front pew, so to speak, facing me while I was facing the audience and you two always try to make me laugh and I was yeah, like, sure losing did. my mind I was like because <laughs> I mean uh, man, we were just me and Cole were on another level well here's the thing like I was like uh, my dear brothers and sisters and you guys were like geeking I was like, yeah <laughs> I can't man there were so many antics during that show well because I mean so we yeah ex- exactly they were like it was like heavy have- so you kind of had to make it Light. it was super heavy it was super heavy but then there was only like 10 of us and i feel like yeah. like that was kind of the first instance where like i really got to know like your yeah. guys's whole class and uh totally. i'm so glad i did Cause, yeah i mean it was it was it was a fun group i really liked it was that tight people. it was tight yeah but i mean by the end <laughs> by the end yeah we just had to keep cracking jokes keep our brains alive <laughs> yeah keep our brains activated we were doing animal farm uh we were doing animal farm my last semester and there was a moment where a sheep gets shot like cole shoots like a, a sheep mm-hmm. and the the sheep was directed to die in slow motion so i was like wait was the sheep, <laughs> pl- was the sheep played by you no, the sheep was played by a person. I was, I oh. was just, I was one of the other pigs, but I was like a, oh. I was like an onlooking bystander. But okay. um, listen, Cole, Cole and I couldn't make it through a show just being professional the entire time. I mean, like, like we, we I don't know, we, we're just, we need to have a little bit of fun sometimes. So Cole yeah. shoots this sheep, played by Carrie Zerlini, shout her out, um, and she would fall backwards in slow motion and every single time i would just really faintly from the side go mm, what you say oh my god mm, and like she would start cracking up oh my god the director would get so mad at me That's <laughs> serious. but i mean like yeah you know when you're doing you know when you're doing heavy well i mean it just is what it is we were just having fun i forgot about that show was like three and a half hours long animal farmer laramie project Every show I did, every show I did at Penn State was three and a half hours <laughs> long. You have so to get long. more specific. Did you Argonautica? do like, Arga- yeah. I yeah. did. Oh my God, Argonautica. Well, I was going to ask, did you do 12th night? Were you in 12th night? I was in 12th night. I like, I like vaguely. I just remember one yep. day I was watching hockey in the dressing room. I was genuinely every show I did was three hours long. So long. All in the yeah, It actually drove too. me crazy because I did my senior year for um public speaking class you know cast yeah. 100 or whatever oh, yeah cast yeah, yeah, yeah um <laughs> i was in the class with jonathan savage and um we Shout had to out. do like i think my last speech project was about um attention spans and just like how i thought theater would change because of that um yeah and it was while i was doing argonautica and i was going crazy because people were required to see the show but they would be texting they'd be leaving like at an intermission yeah. and it was just like so because the playhouse is small it was just so obvious and i was like yeah. god damn like i don't want to be i i, it, I don't want to be a part of this when it's like it just takes you out it totally takes you out um so i remember i did a monologue like for class and then i had uh-huh. jonathan interrupt me with his cell phone like we did a little improv <laughs> A little quick little improv. Funny. Keep the mind yeah. sharp, you know. Yeah, I was like, "See, this is what it feels like." <laughs> 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 oh, 
Well, here's the thing. Like, but it, I get it. Like, I get it. They're they're not theater people. I get it too. I don't exactly. know. That I would want to sit there for three hours. You know. I think about that all the time. I think about yeah. that all the time. I'm like, listen, like, I don't blame them. This isn't their yeah. thing. Like, I like, I'm not. I'm not like I wouldn't want to go like I'm not prone to going to a four hour opera like that's not right. something that I would just choose to do on my own accord probably <laughs> so a lot of these people did, but I always thought the problem was like you know you had like a lot of people take like the easy theater GA mm-hmm. or you know the gen ed yeah and then you know they like you have to you have to go to the show nobody's gonna stay at the show like why no. are we why are we I actually had show? one girl at in my sorority text me that she like was supposed to see the show but she like didn't plan on it and wanted me to like write her essay and I was like are you fucking kidding me dude I would have been livid I I was so mad I like popped off on her I was like do you even see how this feels so wrong like it's yeah dude it's like like what I know after putting in all that after putting in all that work because that show yeah. when we did Arg- Argonautica that was like that had to be 10 weeks that had to be 10 weeks at least was it 10 yeah. or 12 I don't I don't even remember it was long I remember I remember a bunch of us got sick right right before it like went up and just in yeah. that uh the theater that we did that show in is like an old like cattle auction house so like the dressing rooms are like underground like was that your it's just, what year was that, that was that your was my sophomore year so it would have been okay been so senior year, right yeah yeah it must yeah. have been yeah first semester um yeah, that fall. yeah, <laughs> yeah that stuff was tough because then you're just like in class from nine to five in rehearsal or in the show from 6 30 to 10 30 it's like not a short it's not a short commitment you gotta get right back up at um, nine in the morning to yeah you know probably cry or <laughs> or something you know what i mean like some bullshit yeah. like that how about this my uh one of my buddies one time he uh he goes to see legally blonde first of all first of all this story's funny on a lot of accounts he went to see legally blonde because he thought i was in it and i i just wasn't oh was, clearly wasn't he was like yeah i'm like going to support i was like great that's, <laughs> I was like, cool. that's, that's cute so he goes and he's sitting there he's sitting there and um you know, there's like a big finish and like the curtain closes and he he's like sitting by himself in the front row. And he goes, man, like that was great. Everybody's like still sitting. He like picks his backpack up and like walks out. Oh, like text me, text me at oh. like nine thirty. He texts me at like <laughs> nine and he goes, yo, oh. Legally Blonde was great, but I thought it was going to, I thought there would be like more to it. Like the ending, like felt like it was short. I go, oh, did you no. just leave the theater? <laughs> and he goes yeah i was like yeah no shit it's intermission dummy like oh my god that's so funny he was like yeah she got to be a lawyer and that's it right i was like no no (laughs) i was like you and then he goes well nobody was getting up i thought something was weird i was like yeah because it wasn't over and so this man literally got up like thinking it was over like put his backpack on like said peace to the crowd and oh my god i couldn't believe it that's like kind of adorable but also like I don't really know how you got to this point and like I, whatever that's I don't what I'm know. saying I, I'm I guess yeah. I'm biased because like even my brother yeah, right. my brother like bless his soul is so um you know he he's been exposed to theater since he was young because of right. me but right. it's so sweet because now he he loves going to shows like he does not do that's anything awesome. for, I mean he plays music but he doesn't yeah. do anything 
computer related, but he he loves going. It's really he's cool. a very talented musician, actually. Now that I think about it, right? He is he is super talented and only getting better by the day. It's crazy. Right. He's really awesome. he's really uh, taking off. So. So how long has the band been around? Is that is this like yeah. a generational thing for the Winch Family Band, or um, while we're on the topic? Well, kind of. I mean, so my dad is an Irish musician and has been for a while like he he grew up in the bronx um mm-hmm. with five siblings two irish immigrant parents um and started playing the drums when he was like a teenager and then like my grandpa his dad was also was an irish musician so my dad started playing the bowron which is the irish drum um mm-hmm. a little bit after he was like in the rock and roll scene mm-hmm. um so he and my uncle started a band in like the 80s called Celtic Thunder, which if you look it up now, it's like Celtic boy... Thunder. Let's yeah, go. it's a it's a boy band now. They bought the name from my from my family. No shit. Let's go. Yeah, in like 2008. <laughs> but um they toured like my dad, my uncle, and some of their friends for probably like a decade and a half. Definitely like I was alive when they were still doing stuff. Um, so yeah, so my dad kind of like tried to get me into singing when I was a kid and I did musical theater growing up, but I did not love singing Irish stuff primarily because he would just put me on the spot at like house parties and be like, sing for everyone. And I'm like, no, the family's here. (laughs) Yeah. And then he would like peer pressure me because we had house parties of like 60 to 70 people like frequently. Yeah. Just like a good time, like 15 musicians, potluck kind God, of style. Very that's like, so awesome. yeah, very like organized chaos. Um, but I, I was so shy. And so like, mm-hmm. he would put me on the spot. He would like tell his friends to like peer brush me like, Fiona, sing something. We're heard you're going to sing something. And I'd be like, I hate all of you. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't really, but it was also a little bit by fault of musical theater because especially at the time, I feel I'm not I'm talking like an old person like at the time but genuinely musical theater has evolved for other types of voices and when I was growing up it wasn't it was very either you belt or you like yeah are a freaking soprano to the max right um and I wasn't a bad singer but I just was neither I wasn't really either of those categories um so and musical theater was so rehearsed that like if I hadn't done a song with my dad like 15 times before, I'd be like, we can't do it in front of anyone. Yeah, right. Um, so it wasn't really, yeah, so it wasn't really until honestly, like 2019 that I started feeling comfortable um, mm. doing stuff with the family. And it's so wild. It's all, well, okay, I should also preface. Sure. My uncle plays, my dad plays, my cousin Michael plays, and my brother plays. So. Wow. It was kind of coming to this anyway, but in 2019, I was in an acting class in New York, which I had been taking by like every week, twice a week. Um, and one of our assignments was to find a song um, in the language, the original language of like your ancestry, um, and then to perform it in class. Because okay. like this, this is what teacher, I was ask you, actually. Yeah, yeah, this teacher was very like um you know kind of knowing more about yourself and like being more connected to your history and like just the world will you know inform you as an actor anyway 
Right. So he didn't care about like how you sounded or whatever. Um, so I learned this song in Gaelic from one of our family friends who um, is a native speaker and I did it in class and it was like, I'm going to get like so cheesy right now, but it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, like this is just what it means to pass on a tradition. Like it's yeah. not about how I sound. It's folk music. It's like yeah. passing on an oral tradition. It's passing on a heritage. It's pa- It's like I felt so much more comfortable just knowing that I was participating in something that like my ancestors participated in that I could then pass along and like try to do justice to. Um, so that took away a lot of the performance anxiety about it. Right. So yeah. it just gives it, it just gives it a new level of um, new level of uh, like meaning. for lack of a stronger word. Yeah. Like respect, like you can feel that yeah. shit in your veins when you're doing totally, something like that. Totally. I mean? like, yeah. yeah. So, um, cause we had always, I'd always like sang at, you know, house parties when I felt like it, but Mm-hmm. October of 2019 was the first time that my dad, my uncle, my cousin, my brother, and I put together like a whole set and did um, a folk festival in DC. So that is that so tight. Yeah, because I've yeah. seen I've seen videos on uh, I've seen videos on Pat's Instagram for sure. Yeah. I remember seeing a lot, but like of you guys like playing out. I was like, damn, this is like a real like rocking thing. Like that's so yeah. exciting. And like <laughs> it's very it's very different. Like it took me a while to like even realize how different it is. Yeah. You know but you guys are like you guys are like deeply soaked in your heritage, I feel like. Yeah. So it's just wait it makes it so much more um special to watch and listen to because you're all oh, fantastic you. also. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've been following the band for a little bit like, <laughs> here and there when they pop up. I'm like, Winch family band. Let's fucking we go. We did three St. Patrick's day gigs together this year. So um, tight. Which was so cool. much fun. It was so, it was so fun. And we also did start recording um, a bit of an album, which is in the works. Right. On. So yeah. Very People be on that. the lookout. Gaelic's yeah, coming on- back. <laughs> um, uh ireland ireland was like i'm pretty sure i was i probably ran into your brother multiple times but we went uh we went for st dublin when we went abroad Where, and it was, i was i was just gonna ask where you studied abroad like a freaking idiot of course you were <laughs> yeah um yeah london london yeah. um, my dad was so mad at like not so mad but you know he hates the british for their oppression of the irish so like when right. i went London he was like do we have to visit her <laughs> <laughs> do we he's, have? he's very loving he was like very excited to visit but yeah it was a little That's better so tight. now Ireland like my my the good half of my family's Italian uh so okay. when I was out there uh when I was out there I was like I know like Florence is in Rome like they're gonna be my favorite places out there Florence proved to be true I hated Rome really um, Rome the was thing too busy Rome, it's way too hard to get around like when you're mm-hmm. like a when you're like a college student that's trying to like hustle the public trans yeah. transit system like yeah that's fair like it's only in like a very small but also like i mean listen i was asking for it i was dressed like completely like a tourist like i was wearing i was even wearing the wrong italian soccer jersey like in the city and i had blonde oh, i had like no. yellow hair at the time like i had like just tried to dye my hair blonde. it was a bad look but like you know uh Oh, no, you're good. I mean, like, you know, it's just like the people that were trying to sell stuff on the street. Like, I couldn't walk like a block, you know, because they were looking for people oh, literally, sure. 
looking exactly like right. me that were like trying to stop me and like trying to get my bills which i get when, it the hustle's a hustle but so when we went to rome we stayed in this hostel that was like notably a party hostel there was like really? a bar attached to it kind of thing and yeah. um it was like me cameron paulina and michaela mm. and we had to get up at like 4 a.m to where were we going to get a train to get a flight somewhere I, oh, oh i think yeah. we were going to i think we were going to greece um, and we were like, oh. we'll go to bed early. We'll go to bed early. We didn't go to bed at all. We stayed <laughs> up the whole night. And then we had this chick, like it was like a hostel where there was like seven girls in our room. Yeah. And this one chick got back from the bar, got into the wrong bed, and then started throwing up over the side of the bunk bed. Oh, and we no. were like, oh no. And she had no friends like with her and we were like well we're obviously taking care of this girl like we're not oh gonna my like, god yeah we're not gonna so, let her out for dead. Yeah, yeah so we were like trying to nurse her back to health and then like just never went to sleep <laughs> jesus crazy. christ yeah it's uh it's tough it's tough yeah. i um i had a rough morning at the vatican when we were in rome like <laughs> I, like so hungover at the vatican oh no and uh me and one of my really good friends from uh, you went abroad with people from uh, Chapman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of our one of our friends of Chapman, we both ended up booting in the Vatican. Like, oh in, my god, it was terrible, man. Like I like I really feel horrible about it because like I wear I wear two. Did you chains, say a little but, prayer. Oh, for sure, for sure. Okay. Well, and that was the, that was the other terrible part of it. Is like I grew up catholic like i went to catholic school for like yeah. 10 years and like i wear these two chains because my grandmother got them like, from the vatican you were like i'm a degenerate <laughs> i was just i felt so bad i was walking i was walking to vatican from the night before well my one buddy i just tried to keep up with him and he just is a fish so mm -hmm. i was like all right like i I was like smelling the cigarette smoke in the morning and it was just like oh, bad no. things. And then no. as soon as I got to the Vatican, I was like, listen, I need to find a restroom immediately. I was with, uh, I was with Ellie and Clara at no, the time. It, it, and, it uh, happens. It happens. It's horrible. It happens to the especially, best of us. Especially when you're traveling that much. Like you get For so sure. hyped to be in a new place and like just oh, yeah. celebrate. And then it's a mess. It's a it, mess. Yeah. I could, I could yeah. tell some stories about my hard trip. Oh, dude. I yeah. feel like, yeah. It was it was a four month long vacation, really. At yeah. the end of the day, I mean, I feel blessed that we got to do it. But um, but yeah, for St. Patrick's Day, my uh, my buddy Ben and I went to Dublin, and mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved the people there. Now it was a ton of Americans that were going yeah. like from abroad, but like the Irish people that I met, I absolutely loved. And then we went to the cliffs in Hoth, Ireland. Like mm. we took like a train, like fifteen minutes, like down to the coast, and it, I was like. I, I could live here for the rest of my life. Ireland was cool. my it's favorite cool. fucking place I went. We started yeah. going when I was five um, because my mom used to do tours of um, of Ireland with her students. My mom was a t teacher for 36 years and she would take her students on Got spring you. break. Shout out mom. Um, wow. Shout out mom. So like Patrick and I, the first time we went, I was five and he was three. Um, and then we went back every other year just with the family. Um, but we have dual citizenship so i'm really trying God, to so cool i'm trying to like take advantage of that at some point like for sure and, for sure live and work over there but um it's my uh my mom's working on trying to get us dual citizenship in italy yeah 
if you tight. can, you sh- absolutely should. Be so like, tight. You know? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially because uh, you can just like you don't have to worry about a visa. You can live and work there as long as you want. It's just yeah, it's yeah. Europe, uh, Europe's different. Europe's built different for sure. Well, that was what I was bummed about. Was like I was like I have this EU passport and now England's gonna Brexit. Like, are you kidding me? Like, oh yeah, I know. That I sucks. wanted to live in London. Um, but I would totally go back there and live there again. I think I thought it was yeah. like the greatest fucking city in the world like so tight it, it just like hit different like i love ireland and like i would i would retire there you know like i sure. would live there like it's so relaxing but um london just felt like a more manageable new york in a way and like a very right. like a little bit more relaxed um and everything was so much i shouldn't say everything but at least theater was so much more affordable and like way know. more affordable the food like is way fresher and immediately like just way less processed like yeah. i mean they really do just live differently out there it's not the tube the tube, the tube. dude the tube is the <laughs> best public transportation in it the is. world it is what, man, like maybe i the one place i do really want to go is tokyo or just japan in general yeah um but be but cool. the tube and you know they got the bullet train or whatever tube fuck yeah man yeah. i've never been like more excited about public transport than the. can you believe tube. that next year is going to be my five years since abroad no isn't that, isn't that disgusting what really yeah. yeah my friends and i are like let's do because we befriended a lot of florida state kids that yeah. lived like in our on our floor right and we were like we have to do I a five-year yeah. reunion but it feels oh, so gross. So yeah. <laughs> it feels so gross. Yeah, it I, feels uh, so gross. it's been two years for me because I just um I just was able to see a bunch of the people from Chapman that I went to abroad with. I went to Orange County last weekend, so oh, I, we were just cute. I can't believe it's been like two years. Yeah, yeah. nuts. Um, okay, we kind of went down a rabbit hole here. I'm I want to ask <laughs> you one more thing because I just want well I want to talk about uh thoughtful intentions and where your journey okay. is with that. Uh, we, when we talked on thoughtful intentions on Tuesday, uh, you had mentioned that it started with like an interview with, um, with your father and started kind of growing. Uh, I just, um, if we could revisit that moment and that journey and then kind of, I just wanted to ask you like, as it stands right now, cause we both were talking about how our projects are still sort of fleshing themselves out. You've been at it a little longer than I but I kind of just wanted to ask you, uh, you know, for the viewers, what's it about? What is your intention behind it? And yeah. where do you want to see it grow uh, from yeah. here? Yeah, well, uh, like you said, it did start with an interview with my dad. I just wanted to, um, he just has so many interesting stories and such a interesting path. So I just wanted to get that on record. And this has been something that I've thought about for a while. Like when I was in college, I was really hung up about, you know, the the right path for the artist and just like mm. what you're supposed to do. But then I was surrounded by some people that had these crazy, like unorthodox paths. They just wouldn't make sense aside from the fact that it just it embodies completely who they are. Right. Um, so like, for example, my dad or like another example, Wendell, who 
has done a million things that might seem completely unrelated, but they mm. are related because it's just his interests. And right. I just loved that idea that you can like be that multifaceted and like do that many things. And it kind of feels like, you know, you might be living nine lives, but it's just, it's just, it, it doesn't have to have like a tunnel vision. Right. So um, in a college, I wanted to do this documentary series called like a tribute to the artist's anxiety every path is the right path and just like mm. kind of interview style documentary of like artists who have kind of done a million different things and still ended mm. up in like what we would kind of coin as like success um even though that's subjective I know um so anyway that kind of took off from my dad's podcast I was like especially we were in such a time where you know, the industry, it was so hard to anticipate what was going to happen with theater and what was going to happen with entertainment and um, what most artists were going to do going forward. Mm. And I just like kind of needed to remind myself that like, you can do whatever you want, you know, you can do whatever is right for you. And like, that's fine. And yeah. and I kind of, even though I've pivoted into this uh, writing world at the moment, I'm like, I still think I'll come back to acting at some point, but it's yeah. just not serving me in this moment. So I'm going to do something else. Right. Um, so kind of with my guests, I've tried to bring on like a variety of people of different passions, of different paths, of different um, ideologies and just see what they have to say about their personal journey and kind of give insight into that's normal. Like it's okay. Yeah. You can have your own journey and it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna be fine it's gonna work out so. it's kind of like it's kind of like what we were talking about because i i had raised the question uh when we spoke earlier this week of like do, you know does uh does the actor have to be multifaceted in all these different lanes and you know we talked now a little bit about that now but, that you say that i'm like i just think the human has to be multifaceted like yeah it's not even it, it shouldn't even matter about the actor it's like if you're not content if you're not happy in your like day-to-day -day life yeah that matters more like just absolutely I, and I think I bring this back to if I may um yeah. a point that stuck with me when I was like 16 17 before going mm -hmm. to school was like people would say if you can see yourself doing anything else don't do theater and as like a 17 year old really wanting to do theater, I was like, well, then I can't see myself doing anything else, you know? Yeah, right. That really, that was such a disservice to me because now I'm like, oh my God, I have so many other interests that I could monetize or that I can like do in when I'm not auditioning that I can like explore and that could serve me, you know, as mm -hmm. an actor. But it's, it doesn't really matter whether it serves me or not as an actor. It just makes me happy. And like, for sure, I just want to learn more about it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that phrase. I get, I get why people say it, but I don't like it. There are so many means to the same end now. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, after we kind of talked about it, I was kind of like, I feel like we're talking, like, I feel like that, that thought can be so overwhelming. So I was like, all right, well, let's spin the positive. There's so many lanes that you can take to get to that dream of like being an actor, like working in theater, like, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Like you look at guys like, like the first 
person that comes to my mind just because we were watching recently is like a Jimmy Tatro, you know, like a yeah. guy just made like YouTube sketch. Yeah. Now he has his own sitcom on CBS. Literally. You know what I mean, like Addison Ray is probably going to be doing the same thing just based on, you know, TikTok. I mean, it's, so, like it's so it can be so random. Like you can't really. Yeah. But can't that's why it's it. just important to keep like doing what you enjoy and like um, what brings you fulfillment and then things work out as they may. And it, it probably doesn't feel like that in the moment. It certainly didn't feel like that for me my first like two years, but that's also because I was doing all these random ass jobs that I hated. Like, right. and I get that. Like, so you have to do that sometimes. It's not like you're always going to be doing something that you love, but right. um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's important to find a balance. Is there something that, is is there like something artistic that you think is out of your comfort zone that um that you want to try in the coming years so you're doing you're doing mm -hmm. the podcast yeah. like you you're, you're doing the podcast you're in this band you're a ghostwriter um like is there anything that like you want to expand into or is there yes. anything that you want to like challenge yourself with like moving forward as an artist yes definitely I um, have always liked photography, but I have started um, doing a bit of videography and I really want to get better Ooh, at that. Nice. I, um, you know, I don't have a ton of the tools. I just have like, you know, my phone in Premiere Pro at the moment, but right. I don't, I don't know. I just, I really, honestly, it's all you need. Yeah, That's exactly. The thing. It, that's really all you need these yeah. days. That's exciting. What do you want to like, yeah. what do you want to like shoot? What kind of projects would you like to make? Same kind I of documentary like, style thing that you were talking about um, earlier? Or? Kind of. I kind of want to do like artist and musician like exposés. Like kind of even I imagine um, interviewing musicians with their instruments and like having overplay of like them actually playing them. But like I feel like all these instruments have stories behind them and like, you know, where they got them from and all of that stuff that I don't know. I think it's just cool as an artist to even have that kind of material on you um, to like show to mm -hmm. other people too. For sure. Just like uplifting other artists in like whatever media capacity possible. Yeah. Um, but I also write poetry and I really want to do like some montage visual poetry type things. Um, I'm like looking at my board. I have this like board here of like concepts I want to try. Um, I actually am also getting into publishing a bit i just oh, nice. got into i don't know so i just got into a um publishing program at columbia for uh the summer Snaps. so it's amazing um, let's go columbia fuck yeah right on yeah my a friend of mine is um starting to write children's books so i also want to learn about publishing for that reason but just also so for my sick. Own. um so there's a few things there's a few things that i want to try out um what about you oh what about me yeah, back uh, oh shit um i mean a ton of stuff i the the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, uh well i'd like to write more i'd like to write more ideally like i would love to um finish I've started a like I have a pilot started that I want to finish and like if I could like big dreaming like if I could make that yeah you're good uh, Fiona is on the move. Um, Sorry, my charger's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh i would love to get in i would love to get into writing like tv like for for myself specifically um and then the other big thing that um is like that i'm really passionate about is i would love to like start my own clothing brand or collab or be able to be in a position to collaborate with brands and like actually like make my own lines of things i'm very passionate about fashion and streetwear so i would love to have a friend that um has a fashion company um i'll have to send you the profile it's called nmb new york and um it's all like upcycled uh fashion but i think you would really like it like it's pretty i love stuff like that stuff is sick that's dope yeah please send it over expensive but we support we support artists got to gotta support artists i uh yeah well my um, yeah start exactly my uh my actually my guest next week who has been on before jack woodburn uh he he's uh shout out 777 brand um he's got his own brand he just moved it out to miami i'm supposed to be getting a sweatshirt in soon jack uh <laughs> but uh but yeah so he's coming back on i would just love to that's like that'd be a dream come true for me I, just being what able kind to like, of um what kind of tv would you want to write comedy comedy yeah something in the vein yeah. of something in the vein of do you ever watch dave last year when yes. it came out yeah it was something in the yeah. vein, something in that kind of vein i would love to write something for like an fx or like an hbo would be the dream so yeah so that's kind of where okay, i mean that's cool i would super, super big to... picture yeah no that super super big picture for me like i would love to write um historical fiction oh shit screenplays, like movies because i just I'm like a nerd. Like I love research and I also just love stories that are based on a true story, but like are told in a digestible way, you know, in an entertaining way. Um, Like in recent history, I think like the big short or bombshell or like what's one that just came out. Oh, there's Uh, no one like the big short. Well, there's like, I don't know, stuff like that. yeah 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 yeah. like just like, like makes vice. it like that makes historical yeah like oh my god that's what i was thinking of i loved vice Love vice. vice is um, just unreal so good event. it's unreal yeah there's like yeah. old school stuff too like the killing fields or um yeah. uh oh what's, what's the other one about steve Biko? cry freedom that i also love but got you yeah i just think that stuff is so cool so what's your favorite? So like, what what's your favorite point in history that you would like want to write about? Like something in our lifetime, earlier? Did you ever think about that? Or- um, earlier, yeah. Well, my dad grew up in the '60s, so '60s, okay. '70s. So he, I don't know. Like even so, my uncle is an author, and he just he writes poetry, but he just also wrote a novel that I just read. That's like kind of a fictionalized version of like their upbringing in the Bronx and like kind of like a Irish mobster style kind of novel. Oh, that's sick. Um, But Come like on. with teenage boys. <laughs> got you, got um, you. But got I would you. probably go for like that like 70s, 60s, 70s, which sounds so basic, but like no, it's cool. But honestly, if, if there's a time to be writing about the things that were going on in the sixties and seventies, it'd be right now because like literally we're, my roommate and I were watching the, uh, we're watching the Chauvin trial. Oh yeah. We watched that. 
we're just thinking about like um you know like all the parallels from then to now and like you know how how so much farther we have to go even like 50 years apart and everything like that so i feel like you know what i mean like if anything it's more it's more relevant today than ever before you know what i mean yeah well i just i also think like for me personally um because my mom is a teacher and has taught she was an english teacher a high school english teacher and she taught um some of her english classes like using historical fiction films and i just feel like that's such like a genius way to teach high schoolers or even college kids about like shit that happened that you should know about yeah Um, and it actually sticks with you like i remember seeing like hotel rwanda in high school and being like oh my god you know like why aren't we talking about this yeah yeah seriously (laughs) what's the point like we were going to talk about it but um i yeah i just think that like the more of that we have like the better off the keyword you use is easily digestible yeah yeah digestible just like more ways of like teaching people things and like capacities you know because we have an educational system that's very uh one size fits all and like school just feels inherently boring so it's like yeah yeah yeah, you have to like adopt like all the types of ways that you can um teach people these things so exactly exactly awesome awesome let's fucking go fiona we covered a lot we dove (laughs) deep that was fun yeah this is awesome thank you so much for being here on the first episode based in los angeles yes wow i'm honored um but you have to come back on so we can write a chapter of a romance novel together um (laughs) and i want to see i kind of want to see what because you know you know how it works i want to see what we can get away with what we can't i'm actually okay. genuinely curious that's like yeah, no i'll find the email cool with shit. like the instructions amazing amazing <laughs> all right let's put that together um uh now is your time if you'd like to plug anything that you got going on what's happening yeah, with sure you? sure um i don't really have anything other than thoughtful intentions to plug at the moment but if you want to check that out obviously please listen to zach's episode um you can find Thoughtful Intentions, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. The Instagram account is at Thoughtful Intentions Podcast. My Instagram account is just at Fiona Winch, F-I-O-N-A-W-I-N-C-H. Very simple. So um, if there is anything else to plug, it would probably be on there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You have such a you have such a great podcast voice, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate you it. Check out Thoughtful Intentions. It's sick. Learn something about artists and people yeah. and humanity. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Got dope. It. dope. Um, uh, Jenna will be back next week. Uh, Mary will be back at some point. We're going to get the full crew together. Uh, but thank you for tuning into this one-on-one with Fiona Winch this week. Uh, We got big stuff coming for the podcast, uh, new segments. Uh, It's going to be a great time. Keep tuning in on Fridays and welcome back to the best hour of your week. Be somebody today and always remember, get yours. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Mom.